As you can see, beloved listeners, I'm wearing patriotic headgear. I have on my head a traditional slouch hat and I intend to eat it if the next story doesn't uh, finish up as a mega hit on Netflix. In 2016, the glamorous Dr. Ruja Ignatova took to the stage at London's Wembley Stadium, resplendent in a ball gown, and pledged a financial revolution with one coin, her freshly minted cryptocurrency. A year later, she's on the run after fleecing billions, yes, billions, from investors across 175 countries. Clearly one of the biggest financial frauds in history. Now, while some of her associates have been jailed or are facing the slammer in the US, she remains missing and in June this year was placed on the FBI's 10 most wanted list. British investigative journalist Jamie Bartlett and his colleague Georgia Catt, C-A-T-T, produced a successful podcast for The Beeb in 2019, which explores the murky world behind uh, one coin, a sort of blend of pyramid scheme and Ponzi. Jamie has now turned the story into a book, The Missing Crypto Queen, and joins us on the line from London. Congratulations, and congratulations also on the timing. Your book, no sooner comes out, but the FBI put her on that list. So she's the only woman, I guess, that's ever been on it. Well, she's the only woman on it at the moment, that's for sure. And she's sort of surrounded by, you know, drugs, cartel, bosses and, and murderers. And she's a sort of old-fashioned scammer in a, in a way. So she's a strange addition. And yeah, she she went on there just one week after my book came out. So I'm kind of wondering what what I if I put anything in there that <laughs> prompted them to do it. Jamie, you've a long background in researching internet subcultures and the dark web, and you specialise in writing about technology and society. How did you fall into this particular honeypot? That's right. Yeah, I, I've spent uh, 10 years or so now looking at strange internet behavior, strange internet subcultures, trolling and Bitcoin deals on these weird internet markets on the dark net. And I'd never really heard of OneCoin until uh, Georgia Cat, who you mentioned earlier, phones me up one day out of the blue and says she's been at a dinner party with a few of her friends and one of them actually pitched her the idea of investing in this exciting new cryptocurrency that he'd just put his money into called OneCoin. And he essentially gave her the sales pitch, the same sales pitch that Ruja Ignatova had been giving the world, which is, it's cheap now, it's going to go up like Bitcoin, it's the future of money, it's this exciting new cryptocurrency that's going to take over. She, being a journalist, was sceptical about these promises of amazing guaranteed returns, started looking into it and thought, this is odd. The woman herself hasn't even been seen in public for a year. And uh, would you like, Jamie, to take a look at it with me? And, and off we went. And then four and a half years later, here we are with uh, the woman on the top 10 wanted list. And um, <laughs> unfortunately, a million people defrauded out of, in many cases, their life savings. What was, or indeed what is, OneCoin, but later we will reveal that it's still alive and kicking in some quarters, what is it? 
Well, many of you will have heard of, of Bitcoin, this cryptocurrency, which is a, a sort of a, a decentralized form of digital cash. It, 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 it works on a, a, a not like normal money that's issued by the banks and sort of controlled by governments and interest rates are set and the governments can print it and all the rest of it. It just exists online virtually. Um, there's no central issuer. Uh, it's all run by computer code. And for advocates, this is this is amazing because this is taking money out of the control of governments. And Ruja basically turned up in 2014 saying, you've heard about Bitcoin and the exciting global financial revolution taking place with cryptocurrency. Well, well, I've got a new one. It's It's slightly different, but it's essentially quite similar to Bitcoin. It's you know, it's controlled by computer code. It's very reliable. The di the big difference is that the, the we, the company, and me, Ruja Ignatova, we're going to kind of control it. We're going to make sure it's all above board and legitimate. And, you know, just as Bitcoin and others started off being traded for very little, so did OneCoin. And Ruja promised that the price of OneCoin would keep going up and up and up. Now, that's what, what Ruja told the world that one coin was. But what it actually was, was really nothing at all. <laughs> Cryptocurrencies have a special database which stores all the information about them. It's called a blockchain. It's a bit technical and in some cases quite boring. But that's the engine that runs these cryptocurrencies. But OneCoin didn't really have a proper blockchain. She was just selling people sort of thin air. And the price that she said that it was was just invented by her, but millions of people believed in it. I, I like the part of the pitch where she talks about the coin as for ordinary people. Hmm. That's right. But Bic, that was really one of the top selling points because Bitcoin's quite technical. It's It's quite confusing. And there were a lot of people out there who'd maybe read a news article about Bitcoin, but wanted to get in on this, but just didn't really understand how any of it worked. But Rouge's pitch was, this is just, this is simple. All you need to do is sign up with my company. I'll deal with all the technicalities. You just send me the money and I'll sort out the rest and you will get one coin in your account. This is one for the masses, one for the ordinary man and woman on the street, not for the for the geeks and the nerds and the anarchists and the drug dealers who <laughs> like Bitcoin. So she tapped into something which was, let's make this cryptocurrency revolution for ordinary people. Jamie, I think it's time to, to tell the listener her background, her CV, because she was and is a pretty impressive person. Exactly right. I mean, when, when I first learnt about her, I imagined that everything about her would be a lie. And we'd seen that she's Oxford educated, a PhD in law, she's working for a really respectable consultancy firm, McKinsey & Co. Um, and I thought maybe that's all made up as well. And, you know, she's just a chancer. But we looked into all of it and it's, it's all true. She was one of the smartest people around. Her, her teachers said she was the cleverest student that they'd ever taught. She skipped a year. She was so quick. She was a brilliant, brilliant mind, a, a very, very clever woman. Um, but I think she just really wanted to, to get rich, frankly. I mean, she was just obsessed with money and influence and wealth and power. And it's funny because a lot of people 
saw that she'd been educated at Oxford University and thought, well, I must be able to trust her then. But, um, Jamie, even <laughs> getting there is impressive, given that she's born in Bulgaria, moved to Germany when a child, and grew up poor and working class. Her parents left Bulgaria when she was 10 years old. They were part of the the post-Cold War generation, I suppose. They left Bulgaria as the Iron Curtain was finally lifted in 1990. And, um, yeah, she settled in a small flat above a butcher's in a sleepy German-Bavarian village, really. Um, but she was she was just, I don't couldn't tell you why, but she was just incredibly gifted, incredibly smart and incredibly hardworking. But it, she came from such humble origins, such humble background. And, you know, there could be a part of it which, as for many people, just thought, I'm, I'm not going back to that life. I, I've got to do whatever it takes to get rich. So here we are, a Cinderella story. Now, it's not just her that developed the coin. She partnered with all sorts of characters, particularly those involved in MLM, multi-level marketing. Please explain. This is the key to the whole thing, really. I'm sure you will remember uh, Tupperware parties and Avon parties where my mum used to be an Avon lady for a while. She'd have friends round to try to sell them little bits of perfume and makeup and then in turn would try to recruit them to sell makeup and perfume to their friends. And the trick was my mum would make a small commission if she made a sale and then she'd make a small commission if the people she recruited made a sale. And this is multi-level marketing, MLM. This is a huge industry, something like 100 million people around the world work in MLM, selling everything from coffee to Tupperware, like I've said, cleaning products with Amway. It's an enormous industry. And it, but and it's it's also, it also involves it's, illusion and delusion because only people at the top of the pyramid ever really make a quid out of it. Yes, that's right. The thing about multi-level marketing is it's it's all about the promise is always about making huge amounts of money and working hard and realizing your dreams. And But the reality is that studies find that unless you're in early, unless you're near the top of that sales pyramid, it is extremely difficult to make money. But those at the top make fortunes and display their wealth ostentatiously, which convinces other people to join. And, and Rouge's genius was to realize that a cryptocurrency – was the perfect MLM product. And she was joined in this uh, conviction by a Sebastian Greenwood. Tell me about him. Sebastian Greenwood is a Swedish, a British um, citizen, uh, kind of like Rouge, very smart, very quick, a brilliant salesperson. He'd had several MLM companies and ventures before meeting Rouge in 2013. Uh, but most of them had failed. He was sort of looking around for his next opportunity, didn't really know anything about cryptocurrencies at all, but realized that this was where all the buzz and hype and excitement was. He was a gifted PR man, a gifted salesperson, but combined with Rouge, the two of them, I think, sat down and worked out, if we can sell cryptocurrency through MLM, it's the perfect product. We can take the world by storm. We can 
we can make huge amounts of money very, very quickly because both MLM and cryptocurrency are all about excitement and hype. And there's nothing more hyped than cryptocurrency. I've got and to ask you, I've got to ask you this. Story. I've got to ask you this. What became of him? Is he in the slammer? Yes. So he, Dr. Ruger, as you mentioned, um, is on the run. Well, in 2018, Sebastian Greenwood was, he'd left the company. I think he knew the writing was on the wall and slinked off to Thailand, where I think he thought he was pretty safe. And then in some point in summer of 2018, the FBI and the Thai police basically bash down his door, arrest him, extradite him to America. No one knows about this when it's going on. We only learn months later where he is now facing multiple charges and his trial is pending. It keeps being delayed, but he's, he's, he's awaiting charges in prison as we speak. Now, another fascinating bloke is Igor Albert. Please tell me about <laughs> Igor. <laughs> yes, Igor Albert. Oh, man. He's... Um, He's a he's an this this whole world of MLM is full of the most colourful characters you'll ever meet, the most brilliantly gifted salespeople. Because one week they're selling coffee, the next week it's cleaning products, the next week it's cryptocurrency. They don't care; they're just perfect sellers. And Igor Alberts is one of the best multi-level marketers in the world. I went to his house in near Amsterdam, this incredible mansion where. He, he's made tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars working in MLM. And he became one of OneCoin's biggest salespeople. These were the guys at the top of the pyramid, the guys making millions a month who were pushing this coin out to people who also claimed themselves that they were fooled by Dr. Ruja. They didn't really understand what they were selling, but who had a sort of pyramid beneath them of hundreds or thousands of people and there were dozens of characters like Igor. I mean, he was, to be honest, he was the best of all that I ever met. Well, he um, was great at the catchphrases, wasn't he? Quote, be the one you're destined to be and uh, don't sell the product, sell the dream. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. You know, it didn't really matter what the product was. It, it was all about telling people that if you get in early now, your life will be transformed. Your world is going to change. You can trade in that second-hand old banger and buy yourself a Lamborghini within months. <laughs> you just need to get in now. And they're so convincing because these people in, in MLM at the top of their game have been selling stuff. They could sell ice to Eskimos. They, they've been in this game <laughs> for years. So and they, they, and they apparently all tug their forelock to someone with the wonderful name of Zig Ziglar. <laughs> Zig Ziglar was one of the sort of pioneers of this multi-level marketing sales technique. And he's an American guy. He's he, sort of the American dream is MLM. It's all about believing in yourself, about working hard, about fulfilling your destiny. I mean, I could give you a thousand fancy catchphrases like that, but it all boils down to being enthusiastic, ambitious, you know, pushing your limits. We, we see a lot of this stuff on Instagram and Twitter now, people sort of <laughs> talking about how to change your life and self-improvement. These guys in MLM have been doing this for years. Jamie, I must say that you, you've actually put a lot of stuff in your book. 
which one might say is almost incites people to, for wrongdoing. There's all sorts of clues. I had no idea that the optimum room temperature for selling something is 18 degrees. <laughs> yeah, too hot. And uh, people switch off and fall asleep in the conference hall. Too cold and they're shivering and rushing out for their jackets. 18 degrees, exactly. I know, I did wonder, am I, have I accidentally written a blueprint <laughs> for, for other people to, uh, to, 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 to create a fake cryptocurrency? Of course, the idea was for an ordinary person, they're the warning signs. Look out for the next one because there will be another one just like it. And if you hear about your mum or your brother or your sister trying to invest, pass them my book and tell them to be careful. <laughs> Jamie, take me to uh, Wembley Stadium, please. It's 2016 and there's a crowd out there of about 3,000 people. Yes, that's right. It's actually Wembley Arena. I, I was confused myself at the start. Uh, it's an indoor venue, whereas the stadium is the, is the football place. This is a... This is a, this is a this is probably the UK's premier indoor venue. One coin has been growing so fast that it's already got probably close to a million investors all around the world. And Dr. Ruja decides to put on a set piece event in London, you know, the sort of financial capital of Europe, where 3,000 people are screaming and cheering and sort of doing all the usual stuff. There's this kind of delirium in the air about how they're all getting rich. Of course, on paper, They've all got very rich already. The problem is they haven't been able to turn those one coin they've bought back into pounds or dollars or euros. So there's a slight nervousness, but Rouge is so good at convincing people to wait another six months, another year. But here at Wembley Arena, she's got a really strange announcement to make. She's about to bend the rules of mathematics and money supply because She's run into a problem with her cryptocurrency. She's been selling far more than she's been able to create, to produce, because these cryptocurrencies produce coins at a fixed, unchangeable rate, 10,000 per hour uh, in this case. But she's been selling hundreds of thousands an hour because the company's been so successful because people like Igor Alberts are such good sellers. So she goes up onto stage and she tells the audience, listen, I've got an, an, an announcement to make. Firstly, we are going to get rid of the old blockchain technology that we've all been using to power OneCoin. I'd always said there would be 2.1 billion OneCoin in circulation. I've changed it now. It's going to be 120 billion instead. Now, this is the sort of, you know, the rules of economics. If you increase the supply of something, then the price of it tends to fall. And she, with the click of her fingers, is increasing the supply of one coin by a factor of 50. But she says, fear not, because all of the one coin in your account, all the one coin you've bought, I am going to double them all. So you're going to double the one coin you've got. And the best bit is, the price of one coin won't change either. Now, so Jamie, the, but the, there's a paradox here. <laughs> she's up there fooling the crowd, but she seemed to think that she was also fooling herself, that she had started to believe that she was in some ways this genius who could actually change the world. 
Yeah, there's this sort of common phrase in Silicon Valley, which is fake it till you make it. You know, you create companies and make outlandish promises, but the idea is you can raise enough money and build enough technology that you actually fulfill all the stuff that you'd been promising. And I think she got to the point in 2016 where she, uh, she somehow had convinced herself that she was so brilliant and so smart that she would somehow get away with all this, that she would somehow manage to build some technology. Sure, it wouldn't work out quite as she'd planned. Maybe people wouldn't be able to turn their coins into cash, but she'd be clever enough to, to, to put it all down as an honest mistake, a risky venture or something like this. Jamie, uh, for, forgive me interrupting, now. but this, of course, you know, evokes memories of Bernie Madoff, but what he did was schmooze celebrities. Did she do that? To a much lesser extent, I think the difference between Dr. Ruja and Bernie Madoff and also Elizabeth Holmes, who also seduced high-profile investors and famous celebrities. Henry Kissinger et al., yeah. Exactly right, exactly right. Is is She was really targeting ordinary, non-sophisticated investors. This was part of the pitch. This is one coin for the ordinary masses. This is... This is this was designed to get people who maybe they'd bought multi-level marketing coffee and Tupperware in the past. Maybe they just got five thousand euros in their bank account and wanted to change their lives with a risky investment. She wasn't going after the big, you know, the big investment bankers because she probably knew they'd all see through it straight away. So she was fooling the ordinary punter. I suppose that all this highlights, and we've got tons to talk about, but it highlights the lack of regulation globally when it comes to this area, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. It was very, very new. It's still quite new, but back then it was even newer. And in many cases, including in the UK, it, it wasn't and still isn't really regulated at all. And what that means is there's no government department that's in charge of saying this needs to close down or this company needs to fulfill certain objectives. This company needs to register with us so we can insure against losses. There was nothing like that. So no one around the world really knew which country would be in charge of closing it down. And even if you could get it to a country, which department in a country would be in charge of saying something was wrong? Now, Dr. Ruja knew this, and what she and her promoters would do is to say to investors, listen, do you really think I could stand up in front of 3,000 people at Wembley Arena and promote this coin if the UK government thought this was an illegitimate investment scam? They would close me down. But of course, we didn't, and no one did, because no one was in charge of it. But it was a very clever way of... of sort of turning inaction by the authorities into a kind of sort of proof of legitimacy. And I didn't realise she did these sort of mega events in, well, in Melbourne, London, Bangkok, Hong Kong, and was never closed down, although the Bulgarian government shut it down. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 a very, very important but mysterious part of this story is... What did officials within Bulgaria really know about this and were they helping it along? 
the Bulgarian government, I think, at some point basically said to her, you can carry on with one coin, but don't try to rip off any Bulgarians because then you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> and it's interesting that she didn't really target Bulgarians at all. It was all overseas and the company was left. And well, the, one, know, of the, one of the places she hit, and we haven't got time for all the details, was Uganda. Briefly, a lot of people in Uganda would suffer from, from, uh, from one coin. I went to a small village in Uganda where pretty much everyone there had heard of and many had invested all of their money into one coin. There's a great distrust of the banks. Her her language about, you know, taking power away from the banks really hit a nerve. People there were are still very keen on multi-level marketing because it seems to be an opportunity to change your life. And one coin swept through Uganda and we're talking about 5,000 euro investment which was the most common for OneCoin investors. In the UK or Australia, that's a lot of money. But in Uganda, that is completely life-changing money. Of course. Now, you say there wasn't a single moment of collapse. It was sort of slow motion, a gradual accumulation of broken promises and delays. Yes, all all multi-level marketing companies actually thrive on momentum. And momentum started to you know, all the hype and excitement that whenever a new crypto coin is launched slowly withers away. It always does. And there were months and then years of which Rouge was telling people they'd turn their money, their one coin, into dollars and euros. And, and, and the broken promises accumulated. But such was the strength of her conviction and her appearance and people's willingness to believe that it just carried on much longer than it should have done. Um, but of course, there was one moment in particular that was most important, which was the moment when Rouge herself decided enough was enough. I have to ask you this. Do you know where she is now? Do you have the foggiest idea? I certainly do have the... Well, I suppose it is a foggy idea, yeah. It, it, she disappeared in October 2017. She took a Ryanair flight from from Sofia, Bulgaria, to Athens, Greece, just, just very shortly after both the Americans and the Germans launched proper investigations into her. They were, the, the Americans had issued a, an, an indictment. The Germans were going to raid her office. I think she got wind of this from her sources um, and then decided to disappear. And she's been on the run ever since. Now, I've sort of, I've had hundreds of tip-offs. You wouldn't believe it. I mean, she's in Brazil. I've spotted her at Heathrow Airport. She's living in such and such a place. She's had a sex change. I mean, everything <laughs> you can think of. I've, I've, we've painstakingly gone through them all and tried to chart where we think she went. And without giving it all away, I think she's actually ended up not that far away from where she started. She's in and around the Mediterranean, in and around Greece in particular, which is where she went to, and spends a lot of time traveling between land and boats. And it's quite safe on boats. Now, I could be wrong. This is just my best bet. Well, best talk, talking, of, talking of safety, Jamie, watch your back. And we haven't got time to tell the, the wonderful <laughs> anecdote about the knock at the door at 3am. I've been talking to Jamie Bartlett, author of The Missing Crypto Queen, soon to be a, 
a Netflix mega hit. I'm just making that bit up, but I'm sure it's going to happen, Jamie. Uh, the book, <laughs> the book is uh, called "The Missing Crypto Queen," and it's published by Hachette. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.